Primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Yes. You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grace Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news service providing in-depth coverage for the latest stories for every sector of the galaxy. Now, for your news segment rundown for March 12th, 2023. Fistful of Beskar. 99 problems, but a bad batch ain't one. We now go live to the CW Newsroom to join your host, Ben Grant Adam, for the review of Chapter 18, The Mandalorian. All right, thank you very, very much, Grex Conduct, and welcome to another week of Core World News, a live podcast that posts on Monday mornings or Sunday nights. Uh, uh, whatever. Yeah, anyways, I hear it's a great show. Yeah, it's a great show yeah. all around. Y'all like Star Wars? So do we. And what a week we had if you are a Ooh. hardcore Star Wars fan. Holy yeah. shnikey bags. Um, it was ripe like Boonta Eve this week. Yeah. Wow. Hey, guys, remember we spent the last episode laying out exactly what was going to happen in the rest of season three <laughs> we, of the Mandalorian? Right, yeah. like, they are not going to get to Mandalore until the very end of the season. Wow. Absolutely I, not. They're yes. definitely going to go fix, uh, what's his name? IG-11. Yeah, because IG-11. he would never just get another thing like they just so, head faked us so hard in that first episode uh i love it when they do it i love it so much i yeah. whenever i'm wrong with my predictions for star wars like 99 times out of 100 i'm very happy that i'm wrong yeah absolutely yeah. it's like comedy. i mean, talked about bioluminescence for like mm-hmm. nine minutes last podcast and yeah. <laughs> i also thought it was gonna be a joint bathing of both grogu and mando but no yeah just, no. just mando and, and bo bo jumps into it so that's yeah. oh that's a good point i even so i cool. knew she jumped in yeah. but i didn't even think about the significance right of that. yeah right and we'll get into that i think that's huge yeah that interpretation is going to be really important in this pod. So can't wait right to get on. there. So do we, do you want to start somewhere? Obviously we're going to start with um, Mandalore episode two. Do you have a, uh, do you have a summary yeah, there? Yeah, Grant? A summary? Um, yeah. So season three, chapter 18, the minds of Mandalore. After purchasing R5-D4 from Peli, Din and Grogu travel to Mandalore to explore the mines below and locate the living waters therein. After an air sample readout from R5 shows the atmosphere is breathable, Din and Grogu leave the jagged glass surface of Mandalore and descend down to the abandoned Sundari Civic Center and cave systems below. While exploring the long abandoned passages and walkways, now filled with Alamite ambush parties and winged reptiles, Din is suddenly ensnared in the metal underbelly of an insect-like mech, driven by a ghoulish one-eyed cyber reminiscent of General Grievous. Using the force, Grogu attempts to open the cage holding Din, but causes a loud noise drawing the aggravated gaze of the Cyclopean cyborg. Grogu narrowly escapes and flees back to the surface, boards the ship, and travels to the nearby world of Kalevala to alert Bo of Din's capture. Bo-Katan and Grogu return to the mines of Mandalore, and using the Darksaber, Bo is able to dispatch the cyborg and rescue Din. Seeing Din is still determined to bathe in the living waters after his painful encounter, Bo leads him to the entrance of the old Beskar mines and pool of living waters just beyond. As Din Din wades into the water and begins to recite the creed, he suddenly plummets below the surface and falls hundreds of feet toward the murky bottom. Bo immediately jumps in after him and uses her jetpack to lift him to safety. As they rocket back to the surface, Bo glimpses a creature of legend and symbol of her people, the fabled Mythosaur. The end. Unbelievable. Uh, Nice summary there. Great job. Thanks, guys. Um, Yeah, so Mythosaur, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I spilled my coffee all over myself when I saw that. I basically, like... (laughs) Yeah. I just juggled it in my hands and just spilled all over my leg. And I was like, what did I just witness? <laughs> it, it was so it was so weird because, you know, Carly's not in on a lot of the the like lore, deep lore. So she was like asking about the mythosaur and we were having a conversation about what a mythosaur is and all that. And then the, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, just wait a second. Like, like wait, yeah, just, just watch. By. I guess we're going to see it. Yeah. Stand by. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they have been dropping yeah, we do. We do kind of have hints of what it is in the show already for those who are uninitiated with like the, the, the lore of the Mandalorians, things like that. I mean, the armor says, I think in season two, songs of eons past told of the mythosaur rising up to herald a new age of Mandalore. So we have we have had it mentioned in the show before. I yeah. just don't think people have equated the the, the silhouette no. sign to, to, yeah. to that creature. Yeah. And she was just more interested in like, what is it? What was it in old EU? Like, I'm usually the old EU yeah, whisperer right. for the stuff. And I'm like, well, and then it's like five minutes later and then the mythosaur. I'm like, oh, we missed the mythosaur because I was going on about Boba Fett. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, so there's, right, the, the mythosaur is integral to the legend of Mandalore, right? It's something about, like, taming the, the mythosaur. And we heard um, Boba Fett say, he's like, oh, it's no problem, like, riding a rancor because we used to ride 
the the giant mythosaur. Um, yeah. Also, episode uh, 17 or chapter 17, I think they call it. So the first episode of the season, it starts on the mythosaur skull um, behind the armor. Like of all the stuff she carries with her, she always takes her like mythosaur skull with her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's and then they talked about how it's the, a symbol of their people and all that, you know, over and over. And then she drops in like, yes, the mythosaur yeah. used to nest here, actually, and all that. And you're like, What's okay, the deal with clan? Does she yeah. have a clan? Is she is that her signet, the mythosaur? Like, I'm, I'm just who's that? Bo Katan or the armor? The armor. I'm um, the armor. Is is that her signet, the mythosaur? Or have we seen another? I don't know. I think she's a Maldalorian, and like, yeah, that's yeah. so. That's I mean, she's obviously what is it? Death Watch or no? See, I'm starting yeah. to. I'm starting Children to drift from that, Children of the Watch. that view. Yeah. I, I don't know if that perspective holds up for me anymore. Um, I feel like the Children of the Watch are simply, they've kind of retreated into the creed after the cataclysm, right? It's like yeah. almost like yeah. a traumatic reaction to the cataclysm. It's like, oh, let's go back to the old oldest of the codes that we used to follow. And hopefully that it, in that we can keep our people alive we can survive yeah i mean it seemed to have fractured all the clans so it's like there's still like a clan system but i think i think the armorer is like you said retreating into the old code the old ways and and using that as the the main flag there and you know it looks like she's collected people from multiple clans yeah in her code yeah do you want me to so i got i got a couple of pieces of of kind of trivia that may oh great point it towards death watch so this is going to get real trivial for a second. In the French version of The Mandalorian, Death Watch is translated as, I'm not even going to to try to uh, <laughs> do it, but the translation is The Heirs of the Death Watch. So that's the French translation. Yeah, right, Children um, of the Watch, right? The yeah. children, but the heirs kind of, again, suggest a, a connection as well. And then the other uh, point is that, remember, he was he was rescued. Uh, Din was rescued by members of the Death Watch. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so both those kind of put together, I think we are looking at, a pretty clear or a pretty close connection between yeah and two. he mentions he was raised on concordia mm -hmm. um and that's where yeah. death watch was had their had their uh home more like the concordian am i right oh yeah. gosh golly <laughs> anyways uh, no I, I don't think there's any like argument that the they're not part of death watch i think they are the descendants of death watch i just think that 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 cr the creed seems pretty old. yeah like oh i agree like, yeah that, yeah like, you know they say that the the, the Mandalorians go back like 10,000 years. The Creed does. And Tarvizla constructed the dark saber like a thousand yeah. years ago. The, the Creed is old. Like this isn't old. Yeah. It's just, they yeah. interpret it differently than the other. Right. And other, that's what's the yeah. most interesting. I think is the different Agreed. interpretations. Yeah. Of, yeah. And I love how they're sort of just giving bits and pieces of Mandalorian lore as the season goes on. We get a little more each time. And so it, I think it'll continue to be fleshed out with the history. What's yeah. happened since then. Um, yeah, I also, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, they talked about you know, there's the plaque that we see in, in the um, right. the my, the pools, um, and she reads yeah. it and she talks about how it was just like sort of this festival, you know, ceremony, and it didn't really mean much, and um, you know, and it, but it, but it's always been there, and so it's sort of like that's a really important thing where it's like yes, the the tenants of the Mandalore have always been there, but that you know, as the Mandalore has evolved and they became a peaceful nation you know, it became sort of like, okay, you know, a little more symbolic during times, but it was always there. Um, yeah. I thought that was really cool. And I think they're doing a really good job of not, you know, coming out and saying who's right and who's wrong Yeah. in this. And I appreciate that type of storytelling where I tend to lean more towards uh, Bo-Katan's viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just personal, right? But at the same time, when you watch Din Djarin, bathing himself in the waters, it's hard not to be moved by that moment and seeing the connection there, right? And feeling that. And I think that's such an important moment because all you hear is the armorer and it's hard not to side against her, but watching how important it is to him, you kind of start to feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think my favorite moment in the show is when uh, Bo-Katan tells him my father gave his life defending Mandalore and he just stops mm -hmm. dead in his tracks and says, this is the way. And, yeah. and I mean, it, it, you know, maybe it's more of that culty stuff where she sort of looks at him like, are you still into all that like culty stuff? You know, but she it's she seems affected by that. She's like, yeah. someone actually gets it. And he's like, that's the deepest honor a Mandalorian can achieve. Yeah, it was yeah. a nice moment of connection between two people who interpret 
their religion differently. Uh, yeah. I th- see, I, I think a lot of people interpret Bo as this sort of like um, icon of sort of free thought individualism and, and uh, you know, outside the creed. And I, I have a completely different read. I feel like, um, you know, in season, in actually Boba Fett, uh, when the armor is going into the Darksaber and, you know, if someone wins the Darksaber, um, uh, an unworthy person gets the Darksaber and then they'll be cursed and the yeah. Mandalorians will scatter to the four winds. I think that's literally what I think Bo thinks she's yes. cursed. Yeah. yeah, I think that yeah. is the read I have of that character. Whereas a lot of people are reading her as the skeptic of the creed, she doesn't wear a helmet, all stuff. I think she's like, I can't believe this creed because if it's true, I'm cursed. Yeah, and I, think I, I haven't heard that it. anywhere. I broke I it like for that's, everyone. It's so yeah. that's so major, and that's I think that's like what she's thinking about all the time, and almost everything she says is like a rhetorical sort of question. Like she's almost talking to herself when she's talking to Din a lot of the time. And uh, yeah, I think it's, she's fascinating, and I also think it's so cool to see that she's pro Jedi, and sort of the armor has these kind of um, this kind of wary of the Jedi. It, it, it's it's fascinating to see the two different the dichotomy there between the armor and bow specifically. Yeah. Yeah, really good point, Grant. Because, I mean, that's my headcanon. If you watched that um, fantastic episode in Book of Boba Fett and, yeah. they're, you know, she's talking about them cursing, you're like, well, that makes sense. If you've watched Rebels and Clone Wars, that's exactly what happened to Bo-Katan. She did not win the Darksaber in battle. And ultimately, Mandalore got glassed and all the, you know, scattered all the tribes. So, um, yeah, really cool stuff, man. Really yeah. cool. Love what they're doing. I have to think she's going to win it back. I have to think this is a major arc for her to to to, return, to get the sword the proper way and to lead the people. She clearly knows what she's doing with that. Thing. I was going to yeah. say, it's hard not to watch her wield that thing, not yeah. to root for her, right? But you know yeah. she's going to do that thing where she's like, uh, there's something I got to tell you about Din. Like when we were down there, like like I saw the mythosaur. Yeah. Like, and, and, it's, and it was because I went down, down there to get you. She's going to associate the mythosaur with him. But like, Maybe she was meant to see. I I personally think that she was meant to see, and I think this is part yeah. of her redemption. And this sort of like she's not seeking to bathe in the waters, but like we talked about, she bathes in the waters essentially. We, okay, mm-hmm. so I think you're 100 percent right, and I think one of the things we might be getting is a bit of a fake out where you know the name of the show is The Mandalorian. We haven't said which Mandalorian the show is about. Like we may actually be watching Bo Katan's story, mm-hmm. and and what we're getting is I think we're, we're what Favre's doing is. He's doing hero's journeys within hero's journeys within hero's journeys. And now we're in the midst of Bo-Katan's refusal of the call, right? While we're in the midst of like, of Din Djarin's like, I don't, I got to look back at my notes, but he's further along in his path, right? It's really interesting. Yeah. But there's some Jedi spice that's like poured into that mixture too. Yeah. Yeah. Grogu's standing I'm, right there. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I feel like. Good point. And the armor in that same Book of Boba Fett episode, chapter five uh, of Book of Boba Fett, uh, she says, uh, you know, Tar Vizsla was a Mandalorian and a Jedi. That's well noted. Yeah. And the armor is sort of pushing Din to go to bring Grogu back to the Jedi to interact with the Jedi is like, is the armor trying to craft this like uh, Mandalore 2.0? Like, is she trying to incite this, this new Mandalore and build this story, this narrative that follows the creed for this character. But it's really Bo-Katan is the, is actually like the Mandalore or should be the Mandalore. And like, and, and it's all a misinterpretation. It's all interpretation. And that's, what's so fascinating about the show. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I wonder, I mean, if the curse is real, maybe it can't be Bo-Katan, you know, like, I mean, mm. she made of her actions may have brought about what ultimately brings back the Mandalore. Um, but I, I don't know that she can do it. I mean, that would be, I mean, they would have to set up a very intense battle between um, Din and, and Bo-Katan or someone else if someone else beats Or, or Din. you know, we get a close up of Paz Vizsla. Uh, in that chap- same chapter five where um, Mando first yeah. shows the Darksaber off to the armor and uh, we see a nice just shot of him staring at it. Obviously, he makes yeah, a claim for it or fights it. Mando yeah. in that episode, whatever. But I can see that rearing its ugly head again later, given yeah, that yep. if you go watch Clone Wars, there's so much Vizsla with the Darksaber that it's like, wouldn't he again, maybe when Mando's wounded, he's like, I'm going to get it and then Bo can take it's him out. Real versus, fight. Yeah. Uh, real, yeah, real, okay. real fight. Yep. And get it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I so my view, I mean, we should probably talk about where this is all headed now. I um I, I'm I'm thinking that they are going to use the the existence of the Mandalore to rally other Mandalorians. And I don't know to what end. I mean, are they gonna go to the the armor? Like it would make sense, they'd be like, yo, 
Well, I mean, <laughs> they have to go to the armor, right? Because um, Din Djarin wants to reinstate himself as a Mandalorian, and apparently right. the only person that can bestow that upon him is um, is the armor. So I think they're going to rally some folks, but it wouldn't surprise me if, they, if they're rallying all the Mandalorians they know if they tapped uh, Boba Fett on the shoulder as well and tried to bring him into this. Um, yeah. And I think that could be... I just want to see Boba Fett again because, like, nerdy, like, <laughs> fan, you know? Yeah. But I, I think that could be a thing. Yeah. Um, he had, does have the Mythosaur signet on his shoulder or whatever. I, sure does. I still think we're going to get a Boba Fett episode in the middle of our in the middle of our, in the middle of our Mandalorian season. I feel like they're trading him off now. I do, too. Yeah. And with our yeah. track record, we absolutely won't. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No way. It's not going to happen. Nope. Um, should we dumb this down a little bit and just go through some of the beats of the episode and talk about? Yeah, because there's a lot of other like I think we. It's so funny. I think we like we flipped what we normally do, which is yeah, like yes. go through it and then talk like heavy stuff. But like this, this yeah. is the heavy episode, so I'm glad we started that way. So I think it's yeah. for it. Yeah, I, mean, oh, I agree. Episode yeah. that ends in the mythosaur. We got to dive into the myth. Yeah. You know, it's just it's only right. Um, also, episode two of the season, two. guys. Like yeah. episode two, we saw mythosaur already. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you want to start us off there? Yeah, there's so many things. I, mean, I want to go right here. to Pelly's Chop Shop. I yeah. want to like get into it. Okay, yeah. where she's okay. just hustling oh, some uh, Rodian, just like yeah. straight hustling. Him. Yeah, that Rodian's incredible, by the way. Some of the reacts from that Rodian yeah, are amazing. Like... When he when he first hears how long it's going to take for her to work <laughs> up a speeder, it's like might be one of the best sort of alien reacts in all. Yeah. Of stuff. It's like yeah. I love it. It's great. Um, so good. All her lines are just bangers in that scene. Like she is just like everything she says is incredible. Yeah. Um, no chance cubes. Yeah. Still purring like a nezzle shrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like, I was like, how can we describe the end, the sound effects behind the end one? I'm like, she's yeah, great. It's about right. I, I will say, uh, full honesty, uh, having know how much I love this episode, man, was this episode started, I was arms crossed, humping, harumping about it. <laughs> Because I'm oh, like, Tatooine. first of all, I'm like, Tatooine will do that to you. Tatooine yeah. again. And yeah. then we could, we'll, we'll talk about the whole R5 thing. I, I just want to hit my reaction first. Um, this felt to me of like, please make the universe bigger, not smaller. Yeah. Like it, it, it felt like almost the wrong type of fan servicey. But mm. the way they utilized him and everything else, I was fine. Like I will say this episode, I love this episode, but it started off it, it, the fact that I was so high on it at the very end with mm-hmm. how I started is really shows how strong this episode was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of um, constrained by Din Djarin's external network and we're constrained yeah. by just what we've seen so far. I've been watching a lot of right. Linda Hill classes here, Grant, that's for you, <laughs> but uh, the strength of the external network, he only knows a few people. Collective genius. Yeah. He's always been a lone wolf. So now he's like, okay, he's starting to have, you know, allies, but they're few and far between. It's, Grief Garga, Boba is... Fett, and Pelimoda, and like that's kind of it. And Cara Dune, he's right? A boomer looking for a bare bones phone in like the age of smartphones. Yeah. Like it is the beginning of this episode, or he's like, I need this part for an IG unit. She's like, Whoa, I don't make that anymore. And why? Yeah. Like, like uh, he's just like, and then obviously he gets R5, and like that was. I thought that was it, it's interesting that it's like it does feel like a little bit too much fan service in that it's like that's such a prominent droid in yeah. New Hope. Yeah. Like yeah. major story beat in a New Hope involves R5. I was actually charmed by it. I actually thought nice. it was like a beautiful sort of like almost like from a certain point of view sort of which we're getting a new. Well, he finally gets his adventure that yeah. he missed out on. Which I can't wait. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. just felt like a fun little from a certain point of view story with R5 with Mando. And it felt it just felt small enough to work for me. Yeah. If it was any crazier, like he did some R2 level stuff and hacked through security systems or whatever. Like that would be a lot. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know if it felt like this way to you, but I think they were trying to do like in A New Hope his like exploding unit was like a refusal of the call. Like he can just do that on command because he did it again <laughs> yeah. here. And then she's like, Nope, yeah. not that easy, buddy. Get in there. And he's like, oh, yeah. okay. He's just like kind of a coward. And we know from a certain point of view, we get our fives POV and he did. I mean, he says he did it for a very um, noble, noble. Yeah, yeah. Virtuous reason. But it was like, maybe he's just a coward in here. And I'm like, I'm okay with that sort of, um, with that yeah. sort of this like is, recon. Yeah. This is why this podcast is important to me because you all uh, won me over on this. Now I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's not. It's not too much. I did like that and they he did stay true to his character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another note, and so we're doing this on Sunday, right? So everyone's been talking about this for like four or five days. Um, yeah, yeah. This is our Sunday matinee, but uh, someone mentioned like you have a BB unit right there, like an ad- literal droid that's like created for adventure. 
the B- oh, the BD, BD, yeah, the sorry, one, BD yeah, unit, yeah. yeah, like right there. This is the the unit that uh, Cal Kestis right. uses. In, oh yeah, I know. It could like ride on Mando's like shoulder as oh, he scores the team. Like yeah, they could have yep. done that. And they were, she was like, but I think it's more Pelimoto being like, you're not getting my good droid. No, <laughs> she has no use for R five. Yeah, for R five. But uh, yeah, I thought it was great to see him get his hero moment in there. It was really fun. I mean, it yeah. blew me away too. Absolutely not expecting that. Like I thought no, he was just window no. dressing and it was like, ha ha ha, that's R5 in the background. Yeah. But then it's like, he gets thrust into the adventure. Love it. So that's the yeah. question. Do you think we're just not going to get, um, IG 11? Do you think that that storyline is dead? That would be hilarious. Um, I, th- I think it's, there's enough setup that yeah. he almost has to come back, yeah. but, um, like yeah. why do all that and not have him not right? Have him? come back and it sounds like he wanted them also for protection right for for uh grogu yeah so yeah 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 we'll, we'll see. see we'll see and speaking of grogu grogu heavy episode and like just a heart melting cooing and yeah. trilling throughout the entire episode like just yeah wonderful sound effects yeah his noises yeah. i think are even better than talking there's you yeah know, again people like sort of being like do you want grogu to talk does he talk now like what does it happen but I think it's kind of more fun just hearing his little noises. They're kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many fun little noises in this episode. And then um, he does. I don't think. is that Does he say Pally in the beginning? Because I no. listened back a couple of times. It does not sound like Pally. No. no. It's like, <laughs> but, the noise. Yeah. but again, as a, as a relatively recent you know parent, he is definitely getting closer to talking. Right. Like yes. the noises are becoming more. And so we are. I still calling it first. Grogu's first words this season. Yeah. Din is pretty close to dad. I wonder if he's just going to say Din. Yeah, it did. That's a good one. That <laughs> yeah. totally could work. Yeah. Short, short oh, word. That would be pretty cute. Yeah, just like a word here yeah. and there. That would yeah. be pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Because he's doing the things. Like, he understands what's going on, right? He was able yeah. to navigate. And, I mean, that, they talked about it at the beginning of the episode. You need to learn how to navigate. And so there <laughs> yeah. he does. He navigates for Bo-Katan to get to the right place. And he navigates for R5. He's like, take me there. But just, like, pointing, which is, like, a meme already. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, mutable moment is probably the point. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely yeah. <laughs> We go there. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that's super fun. A lot of navigational setup with Grogu. Yeah. And we know a lot of force. There's a lot of force navigators in the books and things like that. I wonder, and we saw Purgles earlier. I wonder if that's yeah. something. Interesting. Yeah. And we've got Ezra and Thrawn possibly coming up in the mix. So that, that's, that's all really, really cool stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess we're now at the caves. Now we're going in. Yeah. Yeah. We, yep. We got our first sort of antagonist with the Alamites, which yeah. again, very memeable. People are finding a lot of examples of cave dwelling monsters from previous <laughs> media, um, which is sort of funny, but I thought, yeah, that's what made yeah. them great and, and realistic four eyes and tusks. And um, I thought they looked really cool. Yeah. The eyes were kind of greenish, like the actual glass on the surface. I yeah. wonder if there's some sort of biological. Oh, well, they, yeah, they, they're endemic to right. Mandalore. They're you know they're from there, but they had always been sort of like held out by the cities and walls. And I stuff. wonder if they've been they've adapted to the new environment or yeah. whatever. Yep. Yeah, very very cool design, practical, which I I really respect and love uh, that, that that first fight scene and the bow fight scene, mm. and I thought those were both fun. Um, love the shot of Mando just pushing that last Alamite. <laughs> off the edge and just plummets yeah. down the city. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, that stuff is great. Uh, Grogu making some incredible noises. They're exploring the caves, but now we got our guy. We got, we got probably one of the greatest horror characters of all time. Yeah. It's, it's, this is my in favorite this thing. Episode. Favorite monster I've seen <laughs> yeah. in the Mandalorian for sure. It, it really ranks like maybe top five in all of star Wars. I am in love with this dude. <laughs> Yeah, the design's incredible. Yeah, this character. Um, yeah, didn't see this one coming at all. No. Really creative, really inventive. <laughs> so fun. Straight up horror. Straight up horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The eye. Love is layered too. Like, yep. It also just seemed like a free. The one thing there was, I mean, I don't. There's really no nits I want to pick here, but it's like there's the one moment where he does just like take Din's blaster and takes the dark saber and throws it on the ground. I feel like it could have been fun if he held the Darksaber for a minute and, like, just, you know, made a few remarks in whatever language he's speaking and then sort of, like, right. put it aside put it or something. Like, like yeah. he's been there long enough, and he seems like he's got a pretty high IQ given, like, all the mechanical contraptions yeah. around him. Like, wouldn't he know maybe what the... Or wouldn't it know what the what it's dealing with here, what the Darksaber is or anything like that? You know, I don't know. I, you know, this yeah. is one of the examples, I think, of them making the galaxy bigger. Um, because yeah. it's just like, well, this place is whole totally 
fallen to Pudu, right? This planet. And it's like, it just like, well, and now there's this thing. What even is this? Like, it's just overrun with dangers. Um, and, yeah. and I love it. You know, there's the reptavian creatures that are like sort of attacking from the walls. They're like reptile bird things. Right. And, um, you know, and, and it just, it just made it feel bigger. So, you know, maybe it's just someone who just scrapper and just like found a place to, to get some stuff. I don't know. Maybe he's doing something with a best car. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it'd be a fun eye widening moment for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, it, it would have been funny to have just kind of a look at it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, a curio. That some one type. shot was maybe yeah. missing. That was it. I was like, yeah. is that? missing like yeah. i think it might be i mean but like it could have created some uh, I, I don't want i don't want to trigger any of our listeners but you could have a call back from uh to episode eight where he looks at it for a second and then just throws it over his shoulder yeah, yeah. what's this piece of junk fun yeah yeah i know or or i mean obviously there was some grievous homage there he could be like ah, another right? one for my collection but it like didn't even have to say it in like basic english he could just have been like rah, 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 and like throw yeah. it next to a bunch of lightsabers Exactly. And what's interesting on Wikipedia, I'm not finding. I'm not finding a name for it. Anything. No, yeah. even yeah. like they're they're not even putting it under like sentient beings. Anything like there's yeah. no name. It's that's that's the other thing that's fascinating is to get this far. Like we're almost a week out, and it's still just not named. It's nothing. Yeah. I love that. I love. We that. never it's see the outline of the body of, of the little critter in no. in the the. The, mechan- the mechanical helmet or whatever. Yeah, and you could uh, just see that brain clock. and an eye is like all that's yeah, left. Yeah, just give us yeah. his spinoff show. That's all I want. I just want an hour <laughs> yeah, of this guy doing character. his thing. Yeah. yeah. What's he been collecting down there? What's he been yeah. doing? How much plasma has he harvested? I guess he has to live in the plasma and the blood, so he has to just he has to harvest that. Yeah. Yeah. Scary, spooky guy. Um, but so cool. cool to see Bode. Awesome when Grogu tries to get Din out and then Grogu has to escape and he does the whole like jump down the fire escape in your car and drive away from the coppers or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they somehow animate that in this wonderful little bat. Um, yeah, it's just sequence. They're doing so, such a good job of like going from like how like fragile he seemed in season one, right? And just this, and now just like like you said, fully competent, like understands, may not be able to communicate yet, but like getting a lesson and then being able to put it into action. Yeah. Yeah. That was great stuff. Then we got the escape from the planet, um, pointing to the star map, gets to Kalavala, warns Bo. That scene was kind of strange to me, given that like Bo doesn't see anyone in the N1 is just like shouting at nothing. And then like the Grogu pops up and I'm like, I'm like I, I know. Dean's not forced. there. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's clearly an emergency happening. It it felt very like it was written that way, and then they shot it, and it didn't like adjust to. She's, oh, this doesn't quite yeah. work the way it should work. Because I had Bo, the same Bo thought. Bo-Katan right now feels like almost like a Vader esque character, where it's yeah. almost like it says a lot. Like saying less would say a lot more with that character. Yeah. Like yeah. she stands at the window and she's like, "Now I've really got to get rid of this guy once yeah. and for all." And I'm just like, "Do you need that line?" Like. Nope. Yeah, just less staring more, out that window yeah. and just like stomp like out there. Needs. Yeah. I, I almost Maybe feel like they've her... heard a lot of that already that they kind of want to inject more lines, but um Yeah. yeah. But they need to say looking... it too because it's a, it's yeah. quite a flip that Bo takes. It's, she's she's sort of like get out of here, all is lost. I don't want to deal with you. And then she sees it again and 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 then but like I guess it's Grogu that sort of melts her heart and she's yeah. like he needs you and it's like how do you say no to Grogu for anything? Right. I, that's all I can kind of deduce myself as far as why she flips and decides to like then risk her life to save Din Djarin several times and saves him yeah. at least twice, his life twice. Yeah. In, like, well, you don't think that it's... It, it, yeah, you go, Adam. Oh, I was, go. I'm going to give you credit, so I might be saying what you're about to say, but I think part of it goes to Grant, your, your thoughts about Bo-Katan is that like, as much as she's reluctant, she's really looking for, for redemption, right? Yeah. And so yeah, it's yeah. a hard thing. Yeah, so I feel like it's easy yeah. for her to like do that because she doesn't also, think yeah. twice when she grabs the, the dark saber there's no moment of her being like should i touch this should i not she just gets it and uses it right like yeah and i have to think she she thinks it's just a she it would be another transgression against the creed for her if this devotee just dies out there somewhere yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. and she sent him there like this would be another failing on her part in in relation to the creed you know what i mean and so i think that Again, I think there's all these little like little um, hidden little nuggets that it's like she actually does, you know, want to follow the creed and want to be redeemed under the creed, but she wants to do it her own way and she wants to, you know, and and 
somehow things are aligning. Somehow things are aligning after meeting Din Djarin, which is which is really interesting to me. And I think the force so the force could be at work there or something. I think that's where the Jedi element, the Tarvisla sort of Jedi element might be coming. Is uh mm-hmm. did what are Din and Bo's fate? Maybe they're intertwined. You know, is there perhaps? a romance angle there? Yeah. Is there more could more happen down the line? Like it's it's pretty interesting to me. That's what I was gonna bring up next is like the sort of TMZ core world news here. Um, <laughs> who's shipping like Bodin Kantajarin? Like uh Bodin Kantajarin. <laughs> yeah. Who's shipping on that? Because I feel like I mean, you know, she respects him. Um he yeah. helped her and you know, for all she's like, Ugh, are you still a crazy cult cultist? Um I think, she, you know, she respects him as a person and what he's doing and he's raising the kid and he's like, you know, he fought for her and he got her a lot of, you know, he did everything she ever asked of him. And then, I mean, including like really sacrifice himself trying to get that um, warship um, from yeah. um, in, in season two. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I wonder. And then after the Maybe. thing about her dad and she's just like, and now that like the things he's talking about are sort of coming to pass and like Grant saying yeah. like, all, you know, there's a glimmer of hope in her life now. But yeah. I don't know. And they're opening up to each other. They're talking about each other yeah. to each other. Like part of me is wondering, like, do we get a, a you know, old trope of stuck in an elevator together, yeah. right? Yeah. Where you get the two characters stuck together and they have to spend that. Or we're going to get the musical where they sing all their feelings. But I don't think we're going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I almost made Ben spit his beer out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beer? That's seltzer. Sorry. It's Sunday afternoon. I wouldn't yeah. possibly. I know I am. Uh, I wonder if she's going to. If she thinks Din is the Mandalore, but in actuality it ends up being her, yeah, and that's sort of the the narrative and how that and the narrative sort of arcs in that path, basically, which is like she thinks he might be the next Mandalore, but you know when you really think about it, she saw the Mythosaur, he didn't, right? You know, which like be... it, it, things are aligning in her favor. Okay, really. okay. I, so there was a, I want to talk to you about this because there was a scene, and I, I again, this is the benefit of doing this four days later when we see. Uh, Dinjarin on the bottom of the pool, um, and she's we're using her light. You can see the Mandalore next to him. I mean, the right, yeah, the beast, the Mandalore next to him. No, this is the Mythosaur. Oh, the Mythosaur. Sorry, sorry. I was like, what the? <laughs> My brain's melting. Sorry. The myth. The myth. <laughs> oh, is it really down there at the bottom? Yeah, you can't really see the yeah. the eyes, but you can see the texture of its body. Are you sure that's not just the same mythosaur and maybe it's tail or something? That's what I'm massive. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like its face, but it, it could have been actually it's it's snoot. We don't even know what a mythosaur looks like really yet in, in canon. But um, yeah, you can see like off to the side, it like, could have been mistaken for a rock formation, but it's pretty much the texture of its skin when we see its eyes open. Right. Yeah, that's fast. So I'm just saying, I, I, yeah, I'm not trying to yeah. throw, um, you know, uh, cold Beskar water on this, but um yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, you know, they're, I, there's yeah. a couple things going on there. I think Favreau and Filoni are doing a good job of creating all these red herrings as well. Yeah, I mean, yes. we have like, like Bo sees the Mythosaur, but the Mythosaur's there when, when, when you know, I, I, when Din's arrive to do the creed and, and to atone and things like that. And yeah. so it's like, is it his atonement that brought the Mythosaur there? It's, is it her intervention that in seeing the Mythosaur that is why it's there? I mean, this is all just, you know, and prophecy is messy and prophecy is not real mm-hmm. given your own perspective. You know, some of us, you know, I, I'm not one who really believes in serendipity and prophecy and stuff like that. I, I'm kind of more of a realist. And uh, so it's just messy and it just could be there. That could be its layer. But you also have Boba Fett and Book of Boba Fett riding the Rancor. Like, yeah, eventually the Mandalore has to ride that thing. Like, yeah. It's just all these different directions. They're really trying to pull you in these different directions about who could be, who could actually reclaim the the, the mantle of Mandalore and who could yeah, actually yeah. the and, and I have to throw a fourth one in there. I mean, uh, Grogu's there. And yeah. if you if yeah. you were going to ask me who has, like, out of those four people who could um, tame a mythosaur, like, I would say Grogu with the Force is your best bet. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, Grogu tames it. Din rides it. Yeah, yeah. Grogu tamed the Rancor too. You know, at yeah. the yeah. end. So that's very true. Um, Part of yeah. me is wondering, like they love that, like Star Wars loves their master and apprentice storylines. Mm-hmm. They love mirrors, right? And so we have, we have the armor and Paz Vizsla, right? As these, as this, I was gonna say dyad, but that means a whole other thing <laughs> yeah. in Star Wars. We'll so call this, them a duo. This, the duo. <laughs> Um, but the other thought is like, I love this idea, Grant, is if, if Bogotan is 
the Mandalore and is a reluctant one who's just like, yes, I understand that this is a title. I accept it, but I don't believe in all the jargon. And then you have her number one being Din Djarin, who's just like constantly going, no, but this is the thing. This is the way. This is the mm-hmm. whole thing. It'd be such an interesting mirror to what's going on with the with the with the armor and Paz Vizsla. You'd almost be like doing that. And then you also have the whole thing where you have it's actually Bo-Katan and the armor battling it out. And then you actually have Paz Vizsla fighting the man uh, fighting the right mm-hmm. like it just be as fascinating kind of representing you know this this dude yeah. this guy i keep wanting to say diet but anyway you got it yeah yeah dichotomy no that would be very interesting yeah um, yeah i think we're all i i think a lot of us are thinking bow on this podcast do any of us think mando is going to end up with the dark saber at the end of this it's a possibility for sure yeah. but yeah you, oh, absolutely! I think Din Djarin. Yeah. So you think you think Din will have it at the end? You think yeah. Din is the yeah. the Mandalore? Yeah. Okay. I think that's what we're doing here. Because it would just I, be I too. Like, I like Din as a drifter, and I will I'll staunchly stay in that camp for the entirety of watching the show. Is that he almost needs to end where he I began? See. That's just I that. where I live. But it's like no, that makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, because yeah. it's like, what is he just going to sit on a throne and do whatever? But it's like, I mean, technically, the Mandalore can do whatever he wants. But if they're looking for a leader, you're right. It's like. But it's just like it, it, Boba Fett would be corny. Bo-Katan already had her shot. I guess she could come back around and do it. Sabine Wren, you know, is out there somewhere, but we know she's going to go on her own adventure with Ahsoka soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't, I, you know, the armorer is like too hardcore. I don't know. Right. I, I have to think the end of this show is everyone taking their helmets off and being like, we don't have to hide anymore. Yeah. 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 But like, that's the end of this show. It has I think to, so. Like, I can't see another ending other than but, that. My it's, only. Then, uh... <laughs> My only thing against that is uh, Pedro Pascal is quite busy as an actor, yeah. and uh, if you want to keep him on, uh, I think the idea of having him keep his helmet on for as long as possible and just being able to yeah. do voiceovers. Sadly, uh, I think that might be the end, though, honestly. Is yeah, like, oh, the end, very, very end? Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, sadly. Um, Don't worry, there'll be I'd love to be wrong. Again, this podcast, all of us on this podcast, we'd love to be wrong because we love to be surprised yeah. and all that kind of stuff, but... um. Yeah, I could just see uh, there's a lot of comments about the Mandalorians shouldn't be hiding in caves or hiding in tunnels and being an underground. Yeah, they're supposed to be above ground. They're supposed to be warriors in the light. Mm-hmm. I think something at the final, I think the, the end of this this entire entry might be like, we don't have to hide anymore. We can we're now warriors again. You know, yeah. spirits back. Yeah. Yeah. And Din's also giving us a lot of like, this is what it means to be uh, a Mandalorian. And, you know, as he's teaching Grogu and it's sort of like you need to be a navigator, you need to know your way through the galaxy, you need to, you know, those are all things that like, I mean, maybe the Mandalore doesn't sit on a throne and and give commands. Maybe he does whatever he wants, but it's just like used as, you know, as a person who brings people together. Maybe he's just a a uniter. Um, Yeah. You know, that could be his whole thing. And maybe the rest of it is him finding new Mandalorians and different sects and different scenarios. I mean, that could be a pretty fun adventure for him to go on. As well, and every time he has to be like, yeah, I'm the Mandalore, actually. So, um, and I'm telling you this is going on, so if you ever wanted to be a part of what Mandalore is, you know, fall in line or whatever that is. Um, Or if, you know, then, you know, Mandalorians, as they come into the light, face a new threat. It could be someone else. It could be the Chiss. It could be the remnants of the Empire. It could be the First Order. It could be all these sort of other people vying for power in the galaxy that are afraid of Mandalorians. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There's There's a lot of ways they can go there. That would be fun. Yeah. My final sort of deep uh, sort of uh, exploration in this culture is like, I find that the armor and Paz Vizsla and that whole, the group of the children of the watch, like there there's, there's a violent nature to them when they talk about Gideon yeah. in that again, chapter five book of Boba Fett. When they, when Mando brings up Gideon, Paz Vizsla like, did you kill him? Like, yeah death would be a you know justice for someone who's killed so many of our our people or whatever and the armor is like yeah he should have died death would have should have been his you know his uh, um price and it was just like they're pretty violent and i think like the thing about grogu that we've been seeing all along throughout all three seasons is he's he's fascinated by all life and there's kind of the plukun like clone wars level like the jedi believe all life matters you know what i mean like yeah. that that idea and i and I think there's the the sacred warrior. I think is someone who basically like respects life, but takes life. That mm-hmm. is kind of what yeah. I think the Mandalorian yeah. creed yeah. is all about. Totally. But it's it's gone now. There's just the, there's one faction that's very violent and and has all these sort of like uh, warring tendencies, and then you have Bo-Katan is just totally disaffected and disenfranchised by the whole thing. And then 
And then you have Din who's trying to find his way. And with a Jedi, he's going to be more respectful of life and, and, and sort of think be more sent, be more, I don't know, have be more centered compared to the armor and Paz and yeah. that whole group who are just cycles of violence. I can just see that just leading to cycles of violence and yeah. being just awful. That whole like, you know, the zealotry that religious zeal can oftentimes lead to just like horrific violence. And I think that that's, yeah, and the exclusionary nature of the armor and sort of like she only looks out for Mandalorians. Like everyone else doesn't matter to her and like like they should die. And like it's just like or they, just if they're not wearing Beskar armor, they don't matter yeah. to her. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, at a certain point. It's not a good way to lead. No. No. <laughs> she's like, but she's like, yeah. you know, she's a blacksmith. You know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, she's a blacksmith. I mean, she only respects yeah. the sick threads and like, yeah. armor. Yeah, she's like, you have no swag. <laughs> Your drip, I find disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I just, I love it. I love Black a super adequate. Yeah, <laughs> such a compelling character, and I just, I, it's such a great, it's just a great way of making a character that I'm like, would I want to hang out with her? Well, maybe hang out with her, but would I want to be part of her cult? No, you no. know. Yeah. <laughs> but do I want to hear her talk for hours on end? Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want story time with the armor every night. Um, Rad. Um, yeah, we could probably go on and on. I think, I mean, I know I could. Um, I, I think at some point we're going to see some background on Grogu's sort of lost 25 years. There's like, you know, we know yeah. he was in the, you know, place for, you know, yep. the Jedi Temple for 25 years. And then we don't really know what yeah. happened after that. Um, I think we are going to see that. I think we are going to see yeah. that. I agree. Which is exciting. Yeah. Cause which is, what does that mean? Like, yeah. Why is it important? Who came? Who came through for Grogu? But, or did Who they come through? through or was he, an, he? Or was he an experiment for twenty five years? I, Some people think I that wonder. online. Some people I think kinda, he was with cloners for twenty five years, like in a test I, tube. That's that would be my theory, unfortunately, yeah. because I feel like when we get him, if you think about how, um, I feel like part of it is that 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 he is so traumatized traumatized yeah i perfect word for it that that's part of what's his his coming back into the world is because he's just been it's was horrible to think about like i that's the other thing like do you want to tell that story of a child being held captive for 25 years i don't know yeah but like i can't imagine he was just out there in the world doing his thing right what if he was one of the jedi in the amber i mean i guess those were all dead but yeah i mean he could have been in a cloning facility somewhere getting worked on which is actually a pretty good little segue Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. Look what you did. Let's see what I did there. Masterful. Oh, let's just go and do it, guys, because we're we are also (laughs) we skipped the Bad Batch last week because, oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, Mandalorian premiere. Right. But um, this week we are going to talk about the Bad Batch. So let's do it now. If you're having clone problems, I feel bad for you, son. I have 99 problems, but the Bad Batch ain't one. Hit me. All right. Um, now we're going to do our Bad Batch segment. Um, we didn't prep any big um, <sighs> stories or some summaries for these two, um, but they happened and they were fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. you know, I, I had didn't watch um, last week's episode Metamorphosis uh, until after we did the pod, just because I was like, I don't want to be distracted. <laughs> I don't want to think about anything. And then I lost my mind. I was just texting yeah. these guys. I was like, oh. the, te- the text was hilarious. Yeah, I was like, we were Metamorph- all deceived. Yeah, don't sleep <laughs> on the bad batch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were fantastic. And um, we immediately go into uh, we have a new uh, into cloning, which I know Grant is just like been yeah. all over. Um, and Adam, too, you've both been stoked on the cloning, bringing that back. Yeah. And then we have a new, uh, a new nemesis, a new uh, antagonist named uh, Doctor Hemlock, um, and uh, who's doing a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah, right, right. For those who don't know, Hemlock is a poison, um, and yeah. a tree uh, that yeah. is poisonous. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, but you know, in classic Star Wars uh, way. It's a great Star Wars name. <laughs> but, I mean, and, and we know he's got some, and uh, he's tying back in more uh, the remnants of Kaminoans to help work mm-hmm. on this place. Right. Um, and we actually see um, one of the ones that I thought she was dead, but I guess she was pulled out at the end of last season. Uh, Nala Say, I believe. Yep, yeah, Nala Say. Uh, to, to, to work on some project. And... I don't know where your guys' head went, but mine immediately went. I'm like, well, here we go. We're going to start talking about cloning for the Emperor right now. Yeah, right? me too. Right. That's what I assumed, yeah. 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 Also, just Omega 
being some sort of puzzle piece. Yeah. Finally, mm-hmm. I've been like, we there's so much setup yeah. that she is this. She has some special purpose, right? Or there's she was made with some special purpose, and yeah. um, there's hints of that. We're not there yet. We're still we don't know what that is. We don't know what is she the codex for all their genetic research is like you know in a level like is does her blood contain a lot of the um, I guess the DNA that uh, essentially they need for future cloning and all that kind of stuff, or is she like have you know is she have special abilities of some kind? Like yeah. there's yeah, there's a lot I to think know. about. Um, but I, I feel like we're starting to see where the show's heading, right? Because we get both those things. We now have that puzzle piece of like Omega is needed by the cloners, by the Empire. So now they have a target on their back, whether yeah. they know it or don't. A little overlap and, with Mando. Yeah, a little <laughs> yeah. bit. And and we also know that they seem to be have agreed that they're done with Sid, right? That seems to have yeah. finally come out a little bit in the wash. Yeah, yeah, we finally got it. So when, you know, the other episode ended when they were stuck on that scrap planet for two episodes you know yeah sid blew them off and so they are still chafing from that experience and we're like you know they used it ultimately to negotiate a better percentage of the cut of the next job but they're yeah like you guys said they're they're kind of out of sid yeah not a great situation when every job is a suicide mission no yeah (laughs) right and i think they had talked about it because i think um uh did tech say i think like at you know leaving her might not be that easy because she knows about us and they're like and that's when he was just like maybe one more job to kind of smooth things over right and i mean plus you have the the empire going after them and once sid knows that the empire is looking for them and will pay a hefty fine she will flip on them you think oh immediately okay Immediately for any for for like a ten dollars she's gonna flip on that. <laughs> really because yeah. I, I mean when we were That's introduced low. to Sid she seemed like she was no friend of the empires and no but she's a friend of credits she is yeah and she might be falling on hard times I feel like there's a narrative to Sid that we haven't seen I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago too yeah. but there's something going on with Sid that I think is important that they're not they haven't told us yet. But either she's like running out of credits or running out of life or running out of something. You don't think they want to create disease with Sid right now? And then later on, she comes through for maybe Omega after Bad Batch or wounded or you take a prisoner and Omega has to call one person in the galaxy or something like that. Yeah, they might pull pull Lando with her. Right. I don't see any redeemable qualities to Sid whatsoever. Really? I don't know. I think she I think she uh, takes the time to think of these fun nicknames for the guys are like they fun hey, or are they <laughs> condescending? Yeah, are they? <laughs> goggles? Them, goggles. Yeah. yeah. What's Hunter's bandana? Like bandana, or something? Yeah, bandana. <laughs> bandana. Like so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she doesn't want to learn their names. Never mind. I retract that. Point. Yeah, she doesn't want to learn their names because they are just far. Yeah, because all clones look alike. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know. I believe in Sid. I'm team Sid over here, guys. I think. All right. Okay. Her. Okay. Bless you. <laughs> for, you force bless you. Yeah. Grant for taking that. I like that, that you look for the good of everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> They're definitely not hissing reptiles in private. They're totally yeah. trust, trustworthy. Totally trustworthy. <laughs> we just see them with pirates and bounty hunters all the time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Or hunting, yeah, Wookiees or doing terrible stuff. Um, I like that they don't shy away from that, though. They're like, no, the, the Clatoonians, they're kind of terrible, you know? <laughs> they're like, yeah, most, uh, oh, what are those things called? Ex- oh, all right, never mind. I'm forgetting about it. I'm, I'm having Weequay. trouble pulling the ones with the uh, horns on their face. Weequay? Oh, uh, no, Weequay. Yeah, poor Weequay. They get lumped in them, too. Yeah. They're always pirates. It's sad. Nikto. Sorry. Nikto. Nikto. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of Nikto pirates and that sort of stuff too. a uh, henchman. Anyways, I, I believe in Sid. Okay. I hope she's gonna come through. All right. Okay. Um, so yeah, so they go to find a starship and there, then we get like this awesome alien um, sort of homage hunting some sort yes. of beast in the starship. And uh, sure enough, it turns out to be a baby Zillow beast. Yeah. I, I, I love this. The one we saw during the Clone Wars? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, it, it can't be the they same. They say one, that right? explicitly in the show. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. But yeah, they do. The one that attacked, uh, yeah. Right, of course, yeah. not during the end yeah. of the Clone Wars. I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks for. Uh, you sure, why didn't you cite an episode number for us? Um, but I just. Yeah. Right, I, right. I, I love that they were able to do an Aliens plus a King Kong homage at the same time and i'm like or godzilla i'm like yeah. that's great <laughs> like yeah yeah everything yeah. yeah the zilla beast was a fun episode if you haven't seen it you should check it out but yeah it was like a godzilla slash yeah. kong episode in the clone wars 
and these creatures just eat energy and just get exponentially bigger the more they eat. And so when one attacks a city and there's a lot of energy, you know, you can see where it goes. And I forget, I think, did Anakin, was Anakin the one that killed the last Zillow Beast? I think it was. Like, they had to have Jedi in there to... I forget actually what happened to that. I can I was trying to remember too. Or Obi Wan, like fifty fifty shot of Anakin or Obi Wan. So. Yeah, yeah, but I don't even think they killed it. I think they. Oh no, they did kill it, and I think they were just like it was a shame. Like they were like you should. But didn't Palpatine want it alive or something? I forget. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Palpatine heavy in those episodes? Yeah, was... and so that's where I hope they're going with this. Is that Palpatine thinks he wants to gene splice like the Zillow Beast into his clone so that you know he he just gets more powerful. It's that dark science. He's got to like yeah. use the force lightning on the clone babies to like grow them stronger. You know, oh, right, they got. right. And they need the genes from the Zillow Beast to withstand. This. Yeah. <laughs> Just joking. I don't know. No, I'm I'm on board 100. percent I'm like, yes, everything you're saying is exactly right. That's that's what you're I like. Think. This is how my head works. Yes, yes, this is how my brain. Works. Well, no, it makes sense, yeah. right? I mean, it's a project by Palpatine's cloners, yeah. and they need this thing, and the time's auspicious, and yeah, you know, but yeah, I think yeah. I think he's he's part of the Zillow Beast is part of. The next, uh, you know, Palpatine 2.0, whatever Palpatine thinks that is. So, uh, yeah, so that was kind of interesting. Yeah, they ended up episode. they ended up capturing it um, again. Or it's like the great line for Omega is like, they're not trying to kill it. Yeah, they're going to take it. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, yeah, that ship has like some giant claw arm. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, then it is revealed to. uh Lama Sue's coming by, and then he's like, "Yeah, we we need this thing." I, I um, and they're like, "You need get, Omega." Yeah, I think we get the the planet where the cloning the major cloning operation is having. I think it's name checked in this episode. Mount Tantus. Oh, the actual planet as well. Does that get a name? I think it does. I, we'll look back. Wait, I, if it it's, definitely does. If it's Tantus, that's uh, oh, Tantus uh, is the planet. No, that's what, that's true. That's it's, pretty. It's Mount Tantus is where the oh, okay. The so they don't facility name the planet. Is I thought they named the planet. Um, but oh wait, but let wait. me look and see if that's, that's a pretty important planet. That's what's the very oh, it's on the planet, planet. Wayland. 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 <laughs> Uh, the alien references just keep coming. <laughs> yeah, is it really? That's, That's amazing. I don't know if I like that. I All love right. it. I'm on board. <laughs> You're on board with references in general. Yeah, like everyone else, Adam. Okay. You're pro. You're pro Sid. I'm pro references. I'm into references, by the way, guys. Um, <laughs> Anything for a chuckle. <laughs> Anything for a guffaw. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, I love that. That's a cool planet, like a forested jungle world of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, Wayland, so you can see that one. Um, yeah, and so that's where it goes. And then, uh, so that that's that episode. Anything else you want to tie up on that episode, gentlemen? Because I, I, I want to move on. I think it was a creature feature, simple. Yeah. Sort of creature yeah. Feature, but so. I, I did think that, I did think all of the cloning stuff was exciting. And obviously, the yeah, yeah you're right. It was a creature feature. But it's cool <laughs> to see our guys do our thing, do their things. Yeah. I mean, I will just say that Mount Tantus, again, is like all about cloning in the old eu and with thrawn and oh, all that really? stuff yeah that's where that's where the uh the oh, crazy uh, uh uh jedi clones are made luke was made uh, i don't know about luke but um so, but, uh Sabaoth yeah yeah oh, okay. yeah i can't think of his name but yeah so it's pretty cool. huge and by the way just as i just will mention it was uh, it was na- it was on wayland all the way back then oh really <laughs> so oh that, wow yeah. so that's fascinating so they don't know when they were writing this they decided like yeah, well, Wayland makes me think of Wayland Utani. Let's just throw in uh, an alien reference. It's just a weird working their way backwards into a way into a alien reference. That would not shock me at all. Yeah, that is yeah. pretty funny. All right, so very cool. So they're going to be chasing down this old EU storyline and cloning, which we we did suspect would be happening. Yes, that we're probably going to see even live action at some point because you got to have Thrawn. If you have a Tantus and you have Thrawn, yeah, you have to put them together at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, is it would he come into Bad Batch though, or he's gone at that point? Who knows? He's, oh no, he's around. He's around actually. Oh, he's he's around. Oh, he is right. We could get a Thrawn pop up in. Oh wow. Bad Batch. Yeah, I oh, didn't yeah. Know that. A pre rebel Thrawn like, pop up. There's gonna be like synergy like we've never seen before. When they roll out Thrawn, it's like every yeah. the airwaves are gonna turn blue. Like it's gonna be the font will be blue. Like he'll be in every show. Yeah, like, it's gonna be that rollout is gonna be insane. I know that is really. I mean, it could be very confusing because they're like, well, I saw Thrawn in Bad Batch, but now I'm seeing Thrawn in the outer regions. <laughs> and what's he doing? Because like <laughs> I have trouble keeping track of it, and I don't even like I've already partitioned Legends Thrawn from Canon Thrawn. 
but still because we got three book trilogies about thrawn out of order so it was like yeah okay yeah you know yeah. it was kind of hard and then rebels thrawn and then we're gonna see ahsoka thrawn and now we'll have bad batch thrawn Weirdly, we've had more Thrawn in new EU than old EU. Yes. <laughs> Which is wild. That's crazy. No complaints. Think yeah. Old EU is kind of, that's kind of like the scaffolding yeah. for old EU. He's only in three else. books in the old EU. Yeah. yeah. Keep that in mind. But those are like those are like the pivotal, like kind of like oh, yeah. the trilogy esque yeah. sort of story. I mean, it was the end of the dark era in Star Wars. It was yeah. like the first new thing going on. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, um, and very cool that they did that. So um all right, let's turn the page to the next episode, uh, the outposts which mm-hmm. is episode 12 of season two. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. 12th episode. Wow. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm not going to go through the whole summary here cause it's massive, but um, we get another uh, uh, crosshair episode. Yeah. Which I yeah. love. I love when yeah. we get these. They're yes. so good. I understand why they sprinkle them out because man, are they uh, depressing watches, but uh, really great. <laughs> oh, but I love them. Me too. Yeah. Cause aren't you just like cheering a little bit for crosshair to be like crosshair, bro. Come on, man. Come on back. Yeah. Man. Come on. You know what's going on here, guy. Yeah, you are. Definitely. I just like the sharp shift in tone that his yes. episodes yes. have. Yes. It's just like, how about a, the bleak world of a cog in the Imperial machine? Like, yeah. how how does that feel for you as the audience? And you're like, nice. It's super refreshing compared to like the the gallant adventures of the Bad Batch. It's like let's let's really get into like the psyche Which, of these basically these soldiers who are just fodder. It's it's it's, it's awful. It, they it's use dark. different animation. Yeah. Like it's it literally is darker. Like it, it is it's shot or I guess animated bleaker, the music's mm-hmm. bleaker, everything's bleaker about it. And I, and I just love it. And I feel like it's just every time you watch Crosshair's world, you're just like, yeah, buddy, that's the choice you made. Like, and they, you know, they keep they keep mm-hmm. reminding us and him of like the quote unquote, I'm going to say hell he put himself into. Right. Yeah. And so that's what does it, Ben. That's why you're rooting for him, because you don't you, you just it's great to watch him just be like, come on, wake up, wake up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I mean, is he, is he, is, I mean, at the end of this episode, we kind of get a new, new, new storyline for him, which is kind of like, it's evolving in a major way, but, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if he can return to the Bad Batch. I think that's something I'm, as an audience member, I'm kind of struggling. I, with. I, don't, like, think so, I don't think so, but I think we get can. a, I don't think so, but I think the Sid thing that you're talking about might be with Crosshair. I think ooh, Crosshair is ooh, a sacrifice like at some point to save Omega. Who oh, I really like. Yeah. But okay. That's probably how given that go. he's given that he's in a location that she could also be brought to, and there could be a crisscross there. Oh, that's a good call. There might be like a there might be a, an Omega Crosshair episode. Yeah. To be fascinating. Ooh, that facility, right? Helping to break her. He doesn't out. just go to yeah. that facility, and then that facility is a major yeah. part of this other storyline that they're now you know sort of crossing. Um, oh right, because yeah. Them. So when this ends, Crosshair wakes up in a facility, but it looks like Mount Tantus because we see that same it, um, tech there, that same like clone tech woman with the goggles. Yeah, Hemlock, right? Well, not. Yeah. Oh, she's like you will meet Hemlock. You'll meet the guy. She doesn't name yeah, drop him, but she's Car? one of his. Is that is it? Is it a new Sam Witwer character? The major, the kind of the guy who's running the entire cloning operation. Is that Sam Witwer? I'm just wondering. I didn't see his name. I didn't. Oh, didn't you seen the the, the person who voices Hemlock? Is he is Doctor Helmlock the guy who comes in? Yeah, he's the guy. Like, he's the okay, he's the he's guy. The guy. Okay. The, in the, the last episode, yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah, Carr Emery Carr is the name Emery, of that yeah. um of that tech. Okay. All right. Um. But yeah, she's in she's in the episode uh, eleven as well. Um, working on the thing. So yeah, so he is. You're right. He's there with this thing in this cloning facility. Um, and he's probably in a bad way. You know, she's like, if you play your cards right, they might let you live. You know, not really sounding like he's in a great place. No. Um, but I mean, I just have to think that if he if he was able to go back to the Bad Batch, it, I think they would welcome him back with open arms, despite all of the, the problems they went through. You know, they're sort of like, listen, it's war. Bad things happen. But you're a brother in arms. Like, yeah. I, and the way they talk about yeah. him is just like, that's a choice he made. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They're he, they're family, I, yeah. and that's the family does that, right? And so I could I could see that. And Mayday sure. did a number on him. I think Mayday really yeah. got said. Yeah, like Mayday was just like, have we seen Mayday before in Clone Wars or anything like that? So glad you asked. I yeah. thank you. Yeah, good question. Yeah, uh, I, I looked because I know I've heard his name. I know I've yeah, heard I've it. heard the name. I thought I've heard. I, the name I think before. he was like I want to say he. 
there was a mayday that was a um, a fighter pilot person in one of the early Clone Wars squadrons that served under mm. Ahsoka and Anakin. But I thought he well, died. this is a commander, right? Yeah, but this would have been much, much, much later, right? I mean, this would be twenty years yeah. after that. Okay. Um, okay. So it makes sense how old he is. But I looked under the the Wikipedia, and it doesn't say anything. Doesn't say much. All right. It says mm. nothing. It just says he was in the show. That's it. Barton. Oh, okay. Barton Four right. is the name of that ice planet they were on, and that was. I thought that was Wolf for a second. Yeah. Like. Just given all the gray, like oh, uh, right. yeah. sort of markings on the armor, I was like, yeah. "Oh, is this wolf? Oh my goodness!" Yeah. Uh, and like they were in the cold, and I was like, "What a fitting end for a wolf is like in the cold." But do but is did did his story end in Clone Wars? Did do we know where Wolf is? No, Wolf uh, didn't. Wolf ended up in Rebels. He was okay, the one. Wolf ended up he fishing right. for those like you know Dune right. creatures. That's right. Um, with uh, with Rex. <laughs> yeah, on that yeah. big yeah. sand crawler type thing. Um, yeah, much yeah. weirder than he used to be. The ATTE sort of retrofitted with the weird crane and stuff like that. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Um, yeah, this episode was just amazing. Like it, it reminded me of that episode of Mando season two, or with the the the. the when Mando and um, Migs sort of sneak into that facility and that mm-hmm. jungle planet, and then they just kill that officer just because that officer is just outright evil and. Migs wants revenge. Like it just felt like the ending felt a lot like that, which is like, you know, this person, it does not deserve life. Yeah. <laughs> like at yeah. The end, I was like, this person just, no, no more of this. Yeah. 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 It just ends yeah. him. I, I've actually been getting a really distinct and or like, yes, I agree with you hundred percent what you just said. Um, I, I also think I get a, a big and or vibe off of all of this. I feel like this is when they were like looking at the like previews, you know, they got the pre-screens of Andor and are like, Oh boy. And even, you know, and even down to the score, uh, Kevin Kiner, I mean, it sounds a lot like Sterling soundtrack um, for Andor. And it's just so moody and it's so slow in a beautiful way. Just like they took the time for uh, Mayday to like disarm the the landmine. Um, And it was just like that part. I loved that part of the episode. Yeah. Remind me not to. Firstly, before they go, that is the best sequence in that episode before they go into the the tunnel or whatever. And like and then, you know, uh, uh, Crosshair says something about like, I don't want to carry any dead weight or whatever. You're just going to be dead weight. And then he's like, remind me not to die on your watch. (laughs) And then they get into the tunnel and who steps on a on the landmine? It's Crosshair. Yeah. And this guy. You know, bends over backwards to to, to uh, save to, his life. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fix the mind, diffuse the mind, and uh, and and then you know he saves his life. And then that to me was just like, you need to look at your your moral compass, crosshair, and you need to realign because th- this guy just went out of his way to save you. And this is what good soldiers do is they're also there for each other. And I think you've lost that, and now he's back. Um, yeah, I think you know. It, yeah, there's something about Mayday being like, yes, he's super cynical, but he, but he speaks plain and he's just, and he's honest with, with yes. Crosshair. Yeah. And, and that does something to Crosshair where he's like, you know what, this guy's right. <laughs> you know, about yeah. like a lot of things. And, and I mean, he clearly affected Crosshair in that, you know, Crosshair carried his like half dead body across the frozen plains of yeah. Barton Ford. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then ultimately it was like, I don't care what happens next. I'm not dealing with this clown anymore. Who that's yeah. Captain yeah. Bragg, by the way. I don't know if you got his that, name. Was Captain, yeah. Yeah. Captain Bragg. Bragg. B-R-A-G-G. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. meanings on that, in that name <laughs> there. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Well, he's like, like, I want yeah. medical. Like, can I get medical attention for this guy? And then yeah. Captain Bragg's like, no, that'd be a it's waste, a waste of, of our resources. resources. That was yeah. really, Cold. I think, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the twisting of the knife right there. I was like, I, oh my God, this is, this is how much they don't care about you. It's these, these shows are, okay. We talked about this. This is not a children's cartoon, right? Like these shows oh, that, are not, that's no. yes. but when you have like the, the main bad batch, you can kind of get away with like, eh, there's romping adventures, like you're saying and fun. But man, when you get these crosshairs episodes, I'm like, this is like, Bleak. This is bleaker than anything we've seen on yeah. Mandalorian. Like, this yeah. is, like I yeah. watched my kid. I let my kid watch like the Mandalorian well before she'd be watching like Bad the Crosshair Batch. episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. of Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love them so it's much. Great. It makes you know. Now yeah. we're getting Mandalorian and Bad Batch in the same week. It's like we do get a full hour <laughs> and change of Star Wars every week now, and it's yeah. it's pretty nice. Yes, we do. It's good to be a Star Wars fan right now, for reals. Really, really Absolutely. great. Absolutely. It's fascinating just how many people are talking about Mandalorian culture when I was like in high school being like, yeah, 
is this cool to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone would entertain any sort of Mandalorian conversation, you know, say 25 years ago, but like now everyone's talking about it. Yeah. It's It's crazy. Great great girl. Everyone's diving into it. Everyone's trying to analyze it. I'm like, really? Cause like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's It's amazing to see. Weird, weird world. Weird world. Um, all right, awesome. We've only got uh, two more days until uh, we get a new episode of both of these series. That's, That's going right. to be fantastic. I have no idea. I'm not even going to read the next episode title because I don't want to know Mandalorian. Nope. I, I want to be wrong. I want to be surprised, and they're doing a great job of that so far. Yeah. So, um, thanks very much for listening and uh, watching if you're watching. Um, Jason's usually probably out there somewhere, uh, Mr. Rosario, and um, – yeah, it's uh, yeah. great to keep doing this for y'all. Uh, my favorite part of the week. So um, take care, y'all. Um, you're fantastic. Um, and enjoy uh, Mandalorian Bad Batch on Wednesday. And we'll talk to you shortly after that. And as always, may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Yeah. <laughs>